0: My friends, welcome to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. My name is Matt Walker. I am your host. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for today's episode. In this episode, after a brief hiatus, as many of you probably have experienced as well, October, a very busy time of year. And so we had multiple performances as well as our all-state choir auditions in about the span of a week and a half. And so just kind of pushing through that as many times we do. And, of course, as soon as I got done with that, then I got sick. And you can maybe even hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm I'm playing hurt today, my friends. Not quite 100%, but am back on the mend. Uh, thankfully, you know, no positive COVID tests or anything like that, but uh, certainly something where I've been uh, hacking and all that good fall cold stuff. So, We are back, hope to be better than ever, and we are talking sight reading today on episode 79 of the Choir Director Corner Podcast, and I was thinking about it the other day how oftentimes we are grading assignments and we wish we had a rubber stamp with grading singing assessments the other day, and it starts off oh, you really need to take a, a better breath before this phrase, right? And that's kind of what I'm thinking the first time through, and then the next time, same exact thing. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, take a better breath before you start, and then the next time through, same thing, oh, just take a better breath. And by <laughs> five or six singers later, and then you know, it goes from you really need to take a better deep, low breath before the phrase. Finally, it's just like, you know what? Breathe. <laughs> you just wish you had a rubber stamp uh, where you could, you know, because it ends up being the same thing over and over again, right? I'm sure you've experienced this. Well, I experienced this the other day as I was going through questions from choir directors and all these different uh, issues and challenges that choir directors were facing. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if you... Uh, tried sight reading in your uh, choir rehearsals, you know, in implementing sight reading in different ways, it would solve this problem, and it would solve this problem, and it would solve that problem. And before you know it, I had a whole list of problems, and really, oftentimes, the answer could have been the same one, and it was sight reading. And so that leads me to today's episode, how sight reading can solve almost all of your choir rehearsal problems I have nine in fact different choir rehearsal problems that I see from choir directors all the time that could uh, in some way be solved by implementing sight reading uh, in different ways in your choir rehearsal. Now, when I say sight reading, I am referring specifically to sight reading with soulfish. And that is what we use. We won't get into the fixed dough or movable dough. Doesn't really matter to me, honestly. Um, although I do have my opinions on that. That might be a whole different episode. But when I'm talking sight reading, sight reading with soulfish. Yeah. And how you can solve lots of different problems by doing this in your choir rehearsals. And I'm still kind of surprised as to the number of choir directors that I talk to that don't have any process of sight reading, aren't implementing any sort of sight reading process or system, even into having when their singers are learning repertoire. And so talking about some different ways, lots of different problems that we can solve. And here we go. Problem number one I see from choir directors where they say, well, I'm struggling in rehearsal because I'm not good at playing piano. And so I struggle playing parts. And so I am raising my hand as I say this. I've certainly gotten better over the 15 plus years of my teaching, but I am uh, certainly not what I would call a professional at the piano. And so by using sight reading, and again, this is not an overnight process, my friends. It's not an overnight solution. By, by starting to incorporate a process, a system of sight reading, you can get totally away from the piano. You know, I know choir directors that the only time they use a piano is to give the starting note. They will give the tonal center. They will give the do. They don't even give the other starting pitches. The other parts that aren't singing dough, they have to find their note from where that dough is, right? And that's the only note that they are giving in rehearsal. Everything else is rehearsed. Acapella, and it starts with this process of sight reading, right? And again, if you are not using sight reading at all, that's not going to happen uh, overnight, right? But starting that process, starting to implement and incorporate and embed a system of sight reading in your choir rehearsals, in your repertoire learning process, that's going to help you get away from that piano, and it takes away that problem. Right. Um, While it certainly is uh, a productive thing to work on our piano skills, right? If that isn't necessarily a strength, then why are we beating our head against the keys, yeah, (laughs) literally and figuratively, when we could be doing something like sight reading to get get us away from the piano. Right? And that's going to have other positive benefits as well because then the singers are able to watch us and we are be able to conduct more and influence sound and you know it, it's a domino effect right that's problem number one, not good at piano let's let's start in with sight reading and making that uh, a more important part of our process. number two, our choir takes too long to learn their part. I'm seeing this especially. This month where it's getting to be concert time and people are stressing out, choir directors are stressing out because their singers don't know their parts yet, right? Well, it's because, you know, if you're just learning by rote or simply, you know, learning by playing parts, that retention isn't going to be typically what you would like. But by using something like Soulfish to sight read, and again, it's something that you're consistently utilizing and embedding in your rehearsal process, that gives singers another tool to latch onto. And so they're going to be able to retain that information better and more deeply, more concretely. Yeah. Versus just continuing to learn something by rote. And I certainly don't want to knock learning music by rote. That's not what I'm here to talk about, my friends. You know, there are certain situations and certainly different types of pieces where that is going to be uh, your best option. Right. And the most stylistically appropriate option. Yeah, but we're looking at uh, a large part, dare I say, the vast majority of choral repertoire out there is going to be best served for us to be using sight reading and specifically soulfish in that rehearsal process because it's going to get us to that point quicker. That point being the point where our singers have those parts learned proficiently. Right. So if their choir is just taking too long, what would happen if we started not only to just do sight reading at the beginning of rehearsal, but also using sight reading with solfege when we're actually in that part learning process? Yeah. And then once they've got the, the nuts and bolts, the pitches and rhythms down, then we move on to a neutral syllable or, to, or, or text or whatever you prefer. Right. So that's problem number two: choir taking too long. Maybe trying some sight reading with solfège on those parts to help to strengthen uh, that retention of those parts. Number three, singers are struggling to sing particular intervals. I know we have all faced this where we're going through parts and a certain section of the choir, they've just got something in their vocal line where they're just really struggling with that. Again, by sight reading through that with soulfish, that gives those singers a tool to associate that particular interval and the more you practice that um, whether it's you know at the beginning of class and then also as a part of that part learning process uh, the more proficient they are going to uh, become at that and the more in the future they're going to start to then recognize those intervals and recognize them more quickly yeah so if there's particular intervals how about applying soulfish to that and that's going to, again, get you more uh, quickly and efficiently to where you want your singers to be. Next, singers having trouble sticking to their part. I have a young bass choir, Yeah, mostly ninth and 10th grade tenors and basses. Many of them, it's their very first year in choir. And so harmony can often be a challenging thing for them. Um, And even, you know, here in October, we're even a few months in, and they have made huge strides uh, in this area. But my basses, and yes, like many of you, my friends, I have basses that like to sing everything down the octave. (laughs) Uh, My basses like to sing the melody down the octave. They'll hear uh, the top tenor part across the room, which is typically the part that, yeah, has the melody, or sometimes even uh, our middle part of our three-part split singing that melody, and they will try to, as low as it might be, try to sing that down the octave. When I hear that, I go over to them, it's like, okay, let's go back to our soulfish on that section. We sing soulfish again through it, we go back to text, we add the other parts in, and they are much more successful. So not only have we l- used uh, sight reading with that uh, soul fish to learn those parts, but then when they struggle sticking to that part, yeah, when they start to uh, to move to that melody because that's what they've got in their ear and they love to sing stuff down the octave, yep, you know it and I know it. Going back to that solfege, yeah, in little bits, yeah, not for the whole piece, but just four to eight measures, just so that they can latch back onto that, get that back in their ear, and then we put the other parts back into it, specifically that melody, to see if they can hold on to that particular vocal part and retain that. If not, then we do it again, right? So, if you've got some sections in your choir that love to latch on to that melody, I call them on it all the time. we got some note stealers in here, right? Stealing notes from other parts. Then, going back to that soul fish. And that uh, vast majority of the time does the trick. Another problem that you can solve, and this is maybe something that a lot of choir directors don't think about, but this can often help you solve classroom management. And here's what i mean by this everybody sight reads every single part in the part learning process so uh take this tenor bass ensemble for example a three-part piece every single part yeah top middle bottom they all sight read that bass part when we are in that learning process on solfege now Will I let them bop up the octave and down the octave as it's appropriate? Yes, absolutely. So no, I'm not going to make my bass two sing up, you know, in the high tenor one tessitura. Not only is that unrealistic, that's not healthy, but I have them sing it down the octave. So not only are they getting more practice, not only are they building their skills with sight reading, but guess what? They're not talking. So oftentimes where talking becomes a problem is when you have to stop and say, tenor ones, we are not getting that section. So it's tenor ones, we're going to isolate your part for these 12 measures, and here we go. Here's your starting note and singing on soulfish, go. Well, as you're working with tenor ones, you know, Billy and Johnny down in the bass two section are doing who knows what, right? Have them sing it as well. Bring everybody else into it, yeah? So it's going to more consistently keep them engaged, which means they shouldn't then essentially be talking while we're working if we're singing, right? But they're also getting that extra practice, that extra practice uh, in Uh, using our soulfish syllables to sight-read, yeah, and practicing different intervals, and just the facility of going back and forth, up and down the soulfish ladder, right? Extra practice, that's always great. Two birds with one stone, right? Extra practice, and hey, you just took away the classroom management issue of people talking while others are singing, right? Because they're too busy to talk because you got them working. So it's a classroom management fix many times as well. Here's another problem you can fix. If you hear all the time from your singers, well, you know, Mr. Walker, um, I don't practice at home because I don't know how to practice. How, how would I even go about practicing? I don't have a piano at home, right? How would I? How would I even practice? Well, nine times out of ten, they've got a phone, which means they can get themselves a free uh, pitch pipe app, right? Or even online, there are free pitch pipes online, yeah, or free keyboards online, right, where they can get use that to get their starting pitch if they know Soulfish. They know what soulfish syllable they start on. Yeah. Even if they don't know that process, you can help them with that. They can practice singing through their part with those soulfish syllables, right? That's an easy thing that they can do. They don't have to have a piano. Yep. They just have to some ish some way to get their starting pitch, some way to figure out that starting syllable, and off they go. Right? You could even assign. Here's pages seven through ten. I want you to practice this for tomorrow. Here are the starting pitches on page seven, right? And you can literally give them their starting pitch with the soulfish, right? And so they, they know how to start, they get their starting pitch and off they go. That is something that they can do on their own with a little bit of help. And wow, what a novel concept. We are actually practicing our music outside of rehearsal and preparing for tomorrow's rehearsal how about that right all because you've gone through this process of utilizing soulfish to sight read in a consistent way right so there's another problem that you can solve singers that don't practice they don't have any excuse once you teach them how to do that right Here's another problem you can solve. You are looking for a way to add physical movement into your rehearsals. I was just reading a story the other day where it was uh, detailing a study how physical movement, not even specific physical movement, but just by adding physical movement in the classroom significantly increased the retention of the information that was being taught. So how can you do this with soulfish? Well, we have our soulfish hand signs, right? So utilizing those hand signs when we sight read at the beginning of class, utilizing those hand signs when we are learning music, right? Playing different games with those hand signs so that they begin to use those to then help them associate those syllables to specific intervals. And goodness knows, any time we can add some physical movement with our younger singers to help them burn off some of that extra energy, boy, there's a bonus as well. So if you start in with sight reading with soulfish, you can start to add in these hand signs. And there's a way of incorporating kinesthetic physical movement into that learning process. There's another problem you can solve. Okay, last two, second-to-last problem on my list that you can solve with sight reading in your choir rehearsal. Say you are looking for new ways to assess the knowledge and skills of your singers. You know, lots of schools, lots of districts are doing this where we have to have more uh, artifacts of assessment because we need to use more data to... Uh, you know, be able to monitor student learning and inform uh, your, your further teaching, right? Well, by utilizing Soulfish with sight reading, this opens up uh, so many different opportunities as far as assessment goes, you know, whether it's, um, you know, sight reading, melodies yeah just need examples you can do repertoire assessments where they're you know singing parts of their uh, their repertoire with Soulfish. Um, you can do written assessments, yeah, where they are uh, labeling, you're analyzing and um, labeling uh, notes with Soulfish, yeah, doing it that way. Um, having them create different things, right? Creating um, you know, melodic examples with Soulfish. There's all sorts of opportunities that just teaching them this one basic skill, yeah, reading music with solfege that opens up all sorts of possibilities as far as assessment goes, right? So, if you're looking for uh, you know new different ways to assess the growth and development of your singers, here is uh, uh, another way that you can solve that problem. It's going to give you so many different uh, and additional opportunities to assess them. Finally, last one on my list. If you are looking for fun, collaborative activities that also are directly related to the topics and concepts you are teaching, right? There's so many different activities, uh, solfege games and activities that, again, you can use all of those skills when you go back to teaching repertoire, Right. It's not just sight reading examples uh, on uh, on a board or on a TV or on a page, which that's extremely valuable, certainly there's all sorts of activities that you can use, and they are going to use all of these skills. It's just going to make them more proficient as far as music literacy goes. And that is just going to supercharge your learning process. When you go to start uh, teaching new repertoire and you're in that part learning process, All of these different activities and games that you can play with them, it's just going to make that so much more productive and efficient. And they're going to be more successful. And because of that, they're going to have a more positive um, perspective, a more positive attitude about uh, that part learning process when you're in that step, in that part of the process in your choir rehearsals. So there are nine different problems, yeah, and I'm sure there's more that you can maybe think of that you could potentially solve just by working on sight reading, music literacy with Soulfish. Now the next question you might have is, well, what resources uh, would I suggest as far as Um, You know, getting my singers to sight read, whether maybe they've done some sight reading before and you just want to you're looking for something different. Or maybe you're starting at ground zero and you want to start incorporating this into your process. Well, over the years, I've used lots of different uh, resources for sight reading, and you know, I just haven't found uh, really the perfect thing as of yet. I found some things that have come close, but really not that perfect resource as of yet. You know, I'm I'm always looking for something where, you know, I wanted something that included. Exercises, you know, melodic examples or exercises that were challenging, but also that were singable, that didn't seem robust robotic or, you know, almost mathematical in some way, right? I'm coming from the singer perspective. And so it's finding examples that are challenging, but also are going to be similar to what singers are going to see in their repertoire, right? I'm not, you know, into just making my singers go through, you know, the the sight reading process just to, you know, sing almost like a, a mathematical example, right? I am using this um, as a means to an end. I want them to be able to grow the literacy skills so that can help them then in the music learning process and make them more independent musicians as well so looking for things that are challenging but also singable i've also you know looking for resources where everything is done for you right because none of us have time to recreate the wheel. And there are some things that, again, have come close. Um, I have a projector in my room and a drop screen, like a movie screen. Um, used to have a whiteboard, um, and that was where I projected examples. So, you know, that is kind of the perspective that I'm coming from. I've used, like, paper packets and things like that previously. Um, but, you know, the print usually is very small and kind of hard to see and, you know, I like to be able to have something where I can project it up onto my screen as it is right now. So, you know, finding uh, a resource where it's just done, right, where I can pull it up on my laptop, connect that to my projector, and away we go. Um, I've also, you know, always been wanting something where, there was a logical progression, you know. Typical, typically, when you you get a, a sight reading resource, there is a progression in difficulty level, right, and a progression in the concepts that are introduced. And if you look at ten different uh, systems, you're going to find ten different processes to that, right? And not all of them, in my singer brain, have really. <laughs> made sense. So again, I try to approach it from the singer per- perspective and what I am specifically looking for is something that addresses specific intervals and specific rhythms and does it again in a step-by-step way. So that's kind of the perspective that I am coming from when I am looking for something to utilize as a sight reading resource. And for the longest time, I really haven't found anything, just not that perfect thing, right? The thing that fits all uh, all of the, the check boxes. Yeah, check, checks all the boxes. So what I've decided to do this year is essentially create my own sight reading Program, and so you know I'm calling it the Choir Heroes Sight Reading Program. There is a reason why I'm calling it that. I can get into that a little bit, but um, you know, there's a number of reasons why uh, I just decided to create my own. You know, I've talked about some of them already, but here's what this program is going to consist of. Yeah, melodic examples where it's organized. I've got a ten-step progression. And so essentially 10 difficulty levels, right? And each level emphasizes specific intervals, specific rhythms, as well as different types of musical scales. And it is a very sequential, step-by-step process. You know, I wanted it to be challenging but also not so overwhelming for my singers there's other things where it's been like from level three to level four it's been such a huge difference in difficulty level from the two levels and also it's kind of hard to tell specifically what are the skills that I am working on in each level And so I really wanted to narrow that down so that singers could really um, be able to emphasize for themselves particular skills, particular concepts. And so that's what this program is, is going to do. It's going to help singers really solidify a particular skill, a particular concept, before then moving on to the next thing, before moving on to the next level. Now, along with the sight reading aspect, um, I'm creating a whole, what I'm calling a collaborative gamification aspect to the program. I talked to a lot of choir directors, they say, you know, I just really struggle in making this fun. How do I make this fun for my singers? How do I make it something that they are excited about doing? You know, especially after this whole thing with COVID and getting back into sort of the typical rehearsal process, it's really been a struggle because many of us have singers that haven't been through that typical rehearsal process that we would use. And then we're also having to dive back into teaching music literacy. And it can really be kind of pulling teeth to get our singers to buy into this, right? So thinking about how can I make this fun? So there's going to be a whole aspect, a collaborative gamification aspect which will add a little what I'm calling collaborative competition to your ensembles but at the same time it's going to help you build community within your ensemble with your within your choral program and also help your singers have fun as well so not only is it sight reading examples but it's different games and activities that you can do in rehearsal with your singers. And finally, I wanted it to be something where it was truly done for you. So essentially an all-in-one program where you're not having to create anything. You're simply pulling things up on your computer to project for your singers or you're printing things off and using Paper copies, right? The idea is that you don't have to create everything. Everything is going to be done for you. So, a lot of these materials are already created, but I'm also going to be working on this throughout the course of this year. So the great thing is for people that are utilizing this program, you're going to have the opportunity to give feedback and say, hey, I really need this. I really need that. I really like this, but I'd like to use it in a slightly different way. Is there any way that you can add this in. Or I'm not necessarily using this, but this would be really helpful in my particular situation. And I'm going to help be able to help you by sort of catering to your specific needs in your program and tailoring this to what uh, the people that are utilizing it, what you really need. And so that's going to be a big benefit of this curriculum as well. So this program is going to be available to all of our Choir Director Corner community membership Members, And so those members are going to be getting a bundle of sight reading examples, rehearsal activities, and also some video lessons each month. And those lessons also help explain the concepts and the topics that are covered in each of these levels in this sight reading curriculum. So you're going to be getting different materials each month that you can then use with your choirs. So I'm really excited about this resource. I really think it's going to be something that choir directors are going to get a lot of value out of um, really be able to utilize to improve the music literacy skills of your singers at the same time um, making it fun and collaborative for them and at also at the same time saving you time and that's really one of the big um, objectives of this program so if this sounds like something that you could really use in your teaching. To find out more, you can head on over to ChoirDirectorCorner.com forward slash Choir Heroes. Again, that's com forward slash Choir Heroes, and you can get more details on the Choir Heroes sight reading program. Well, that is it for today's episode, my friends. I hope this episode has inspired you and motivated you to maybe think about sight reading and soulfish in a different way and solving some of these different problems these different challenges that you are facing inside of your choir rehearsals thanks so much for listening my friends and until next time keep being awesome Are you looking for resources that will save you time and frustration? Want to dive deeper into topics related to your teaching? Then check out the Choir Director Corner Community Membership over at ChoirDirectorCorner.com forward slash membership.